Welcome to the Boss Life with Bonds podcast. I'm your host, Coach Bonnie, and I'm here to help you level up your mindset, your lifestyle, your career or business all the way up. That starts with your mind and your willingness to embody the most evolved and most expansive version of yourself. Each episode, I'll be diving into the topics you've been avoiding or that you didn't even know needed to be addressed. The topics that have created belief systems that have kept you stuck and that no longer serve you. I'm here to call you out on your BS so you can create a new mindset, a new vision, and ultimately a new life where you are the boss. Let's dive in. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Boss Life with Bonds. I'm your host, Coach Bonnie, and I'm sitting here in the dark with only the light from my MacBook recording this episode. I have been inconsistent with my podcast only by my own standards, right? Do you know how I feel about consistency being something that you say, right? It's not set by other people's standards. And I said I was going to podcast more often and I hadn't. And here's why. The level of just evolving, expansion, jumping timelines, um, opening up, being the channel, being the vessel that I've asked to be, really seeing the, the, the weight of the things in which I've called into my life. It has been overwhelming. It has been exhilarating. It has been a roller coaster. It has been insane. And it seems like the dust is finally starting to settle where I can get normal again and share with you all all of this beautiful breakthrough. So without further ado, let's hop into today's episode talking about internalized misogyny and unconscious bias. Now, by the time you listen to this episode, um, yeah, I honestly don't know when you'll listen to it, but when this was recorded originally, I had just made an announcement that I'm done coaching. And for people that either didn't understand where I was coming from, didn't read the entire post, uh, they thought I really meant like, I'm not going to be a coach anymore. And it's like, Check me out, guys. I'm a certified personal trainer, life coach, health coach, um, nutrition. Like, I have all these certifications. I'm, I'm a coach, right? But if you read between the, you don't even have to read between the lines. If you actually listen to what I'm saying, listen to the cry of my heart, um, it's not my issue with being called a coach or coaching. It's what I have to do to keep up to be considered a coach. Now, hear me out. A lot of my frustration came from people telling me, outside sources, always asking me to niche down, niche down, niche down. The purpose of niching down, for those of you that are unfamiliar, is so that you can be viewed as an expert in your field. And when you're viewed as an expert in your field, you can charge premium or whatever prices you want because we live in a capitalistic society. I'm not complaining about that. I'm actually very grateful for it. Um, But the problem let me finish going on about what niching down is. Niching down also helps people um, really find you. And you'll know if someone is niched down or not uh, because usually they have big followings, big pages, and it's very easy. Like, oh, that's the girl that talks about racism or that's the coach that talks about money. You know what I mean? That's their niche. And I've been a life coach who has struggled to explain what I do but usually only to people who I would never work with. Like the people who find my page, who find my work, who find the podcast, they know exactly what the fuck I do. They know what they're signing up for when they work with me and they understand that I'm a personal coach all around. They understand that life coaching could be spiritual, it could be physical, it could be your business, it could be your mindset, it could be manifestation because all of those are a part of your life. 
And so those of you that know my background as well and know that I'm an ordained minister as well, you can really understand why I'm like, don't just look at me as a coach because coaches box up methods and sell you a product for the most part, at least nowadays, a wide majority of them do. I'm an actual coach which means I'm doing life with you. You think of your kids basketball coaches, you think of your kids cheerleading coaches, you don't go to them or hire them to like, okay, here's this package, you know, do 10 lessons with my kid. No, you usually pay for the year or you pay for the program because you believe that this person or this particular company does things in such a way that align with your goals and you trust them to get you there. And that's how I have been running my business. From the outside looking in, for my friends and for other people, they're like, well, why don't you do it this way? Why don't you do it that way? And here's why. No matter, let, let's start with the niching down. Why I didn't want to niche down. One, I just explained all of that because I just, I don't fit into a box like that. I don't have a problem with coaches who niche down. I think it's very necessary for people who don't have my expansive background. But for me and for anybody else who's listening to this, my creative wonders, my paradigm shifters, my pioneers, if you have a vision that doesn't look like anything else that's out there, please don't listen to advice from people who are doing what everybody else is doing because they won't understand you, right? Especially my entrepreneurs. And that's what was happening to me. I have friends who are successful in other fields or some even in the coaching space that are like, hey, just do it like this. It'll happen quicker. And everything within me was like trying to do this for the longest time and nothing ever felt good. And if you've got my email, I'm sorry if this is a repeat of everything in that email, but I felt the need to really just voice before I get into the unconscious bias, which is another reason why I'm frustrated with the space. Um, I wanted you to hear it in my voice. Okay, so unconscious bias and internalized misogyny. Let's start with the unconscious bias part. No matter how, what I do or how I market myself, facts don't have feelings. And the fact of the matter is, is that in the fitness and wellness coaching space, it's only made up of about less than, I wanna say 10% women of color. So 90% of the people that you see in the fitness space, whether in person or online, are going to be people that are not of color. Um, that just has to do with you know population. And because of that, that means that the majority of people looking for coaches in their head, when they think of a coach, they do not think of a black female or a black male. This does not make you racist. This just lets you know that because on, and this is why it's so cool that you see companies putting um, diversity on their advertisement so that it can, sh so that we can start to shift that narrative. But what's been done is done. And the point of the matter is when I go online talking about I'm a spiritual coach or I'm a manifestation coach or I'm any kind of coach, whether I'm talking about fitness or life coaching, um, when people are making a decision about who they want to hire, they're going to unconsciously gravitate towards the person that looks most like them and for the majority of the people in my audience that's white women they're going to feel more trustworthy with someone that looks like them and the same way that would work with the majority of my audience was black or vice versa you're going to unconsciously gravitate towards the people that look like you and because my people 
are in a minority in our population still, even if all of my women do gravitate towards me, again, just the way the numbers even out, I'm still not getting as much as I would had I, you know, looked more like the majority of my followers. Doesn't make y'all racist. It just means that unless you are, you are aware of your unconscious bias, you will be more likely to trust someone that looks like you or to put it bluntly, that doesn't look like me. That's just out of your exposure and what you are used to seeing and what your brain feels comfortable with. So I get to fight an unconscious bias, which means I have to show up louder, which means I have to show up more often. And we know how the algorithm works. You already have to um, ride backwards with bubbles and download this app to make your fonts look this way and download this app to make your words slow down and then use this filter so that you look more professional and then do that and post at these times and make sure that you interact with this person's post and make sure that you interact with 10 accounts beforehand and then make sure that you only post a few stories a day but then make sure you post two reels a day like it's already insane to try to grow on social media and then to have that added barrier like even if I am showing up doing all of those things because what people think of when they think of a coach is not me, right? So then I went through what I did last year where I was trying to be something I wasn't, which was this super polished, super professional, look at me, classy mindset coach. I wear blazers. I still do love blazers. Get the fuck out of here. I'm so glad that I awakened to that. But I was trying to market myself as a version of myself that I wasn't. And it was very painful to go through having my friends and people I love close to me telling me you need to be more authentic. And I was just like, well, fuck, I, I thought I was a mindset coach. Is this not how they dress? Is this not how they post? And all the while that was just burning me out as well, trying to keep up with people, even though there's still that bias in their head. So it's like, no matter what I did, um, unless you already start off with a whole bunch of capital so you can flood Instagram and Facebook with your ads and pay people to do the analytics and find out who your stuff resonates, it gets really tough out in these streets. And I don't wanna play that game anymore. Mainly because I wasn't, that, that, that wasn't who I am. I came here to awaken the collective, not be the most polished, perfect coach with the best page that scales to six figures overnight. Like if I wanted to do that, you know, I, I paid enough coaches to teach me how, but it never felt right. I wasn't here to fall in line with the paradigm. I'm here to shift it. So unconscious bias played a huge role in me wanting to take a step back and be disassociated with the whole coaching space. Because at this point, now our unconscious bias isn't even just about race. It's about coaches in general. Nine times out of 10, when you see the word coach, you think this person thinks they're an expert. This person is gonna charge an arm and a leg for a few months of work and then dip out. This person is going, they think, you know, like there's so much uh, that comes into your head when you think a coach, if you've been on Instagram or Facebook from 2020 until now. I unconsciously, when I think, like when I see a, a, a blonde coach or a fair skinned white woman talking about mindset, I am automatically turned off because I'm like, if I get one more woman that hasn't dealt with what it's like to be up against the things that women of color get to deal with, I, I'm going to explode. And, and that one's not even unconscious. That is very conscious. I am biased. I'm very biased towards people who have not done the uh, shadow work, right? Because shadow work makes you go on and face your darkest 
your darkest spot so that you can show empathy for others. And it is very clear how many people have not done it because they lack that level of empathy to be able to understand what people are going through that don't look like them. So I've lost a lot, not lost a lot of respect, but just I'm no longer fucking with people who are pretending like they don't understand how unconscious bias has played a role and then being able to be more successful, AKA their privilege. So we're going to move away from that. I think that I think I've gotten that out um, pretty well, that unconscious bias. But just in case you're you're doubting me or you're thinking, oh, Bonnie, you're just pulling the race card. I want you to think right now, how many coaches do you have on your page that you're following on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok? And how many of them are people of color? I don't care if you are someone of color. These are just the facts. We happen to gravitate, trust more, or just unconsciously give our trust to people who are not of color. And that was one of the most frustrating parts about being in the coaching space. On the other hand, when it comes to spiritual healers, facilitators, and things that are non-traditional, that's where you start seeing more women of color. You start seeing the mystics. You start seeing the intuitive oracles. And quite frankly, being able to receive downloads and being able to operate in divine wisdom, I think is so much more powerful than the coaching certifications that you can buy. You know what I mean? Like, I believe coaching is a calling, just like I believe teaching is a calling. And it takes a special type of person to have the patience to coach someone through and over obstacles in their life. And there's intuitive coaching, which is what I do. And then there's also this, the, you know, I guess, you know, strategic coaching, like, okay, here's a step-by-step -step plan A, plan B, you know, here we go. And, and I use both of those, but nonetheless, I identify so much more as being led by the spirit and being intuitive. And for that reason, um, I get to step away from this box where I'm no longer, or where I'm not being honored, where my gifts are not being honored and move towards a space where people look at me and understand what I bring to the table and know that it's more than a certification that I paid for. Okay, so now we're gonna move over to uh, my other topic, which is about internalized misogyny. And I saw that phrase and I had to sit with it because I thought of how many times in my childhood, in my teenage years, in my female adulthood, I have felt just fucking shitty from other females, right? So if you're not sure if you have any internalized misogyny, um, this is what it might look like. And a distrust of women, like, oh, I wouldn't trust her to do my finances or I wouldn't trust her to fix my car um, or any other things that are traditionally masculine, right? Or thinking, oh, women are too easily offended. They probably are exaggerating. Or, or exactly, women exaggerate the problems that they have at work. Or um, women only want power so they can gain control over men. Um, you know, these are some of the thoughts that come up. Um, it's also a devaluing of women, right? People don't tend to treat women anywhere near it, the same amount of respect. Just, I just, oh God. So I was sitting here watching The Dictator, not by choice. I was sitting here with Boothang and um, 
he put on he you know was we're sitting here rolled up a joint we're relaxing he just got off of work and the movie was funny i'm really working on just like loving people in the stage and the season they're at and not being mad if they you know aren't where i'm at spiritually or mentally like this is what he wants to watch all right let's watch it babe let's have a good time let's relax but it was so i got to the point where i was like babe i can't do this anymore like it's not even funny um, the way that they are just disrespecting women's bodies in this movie and it's normalized. My first book that got <laughs> deleted in a Samsung Galaxy because it just turned off and never turned back on was called American Sex Slave. And I'm glad it didn't get published because it was through the lens of a very legalistic and the evangelical young lady. Hello, Bonnie in her 20s. But nonetheless, I was pointing out how we are from a young age taught to be devalued, like from the windows to the walls. I'm just thinking of like all the songs that I grew up with singing like normal, all these bitches crawl like I, I'm all for women being free and doing whatever they want and having their bodies and this is not. But also as a light worker, as a healer, I can't turn a blind eye and act like sis. I don't care what you, how free, how confident you are. I know how your subconscious mind works and you on your hands and knees talking about crawling for men or doing whatever. Like, yeah, you can say you're feeling empowered and you're getting money, but your subconscious mind understands pictures, images, and feelings. And so what kind of message would you, would be also think of your subconscious mind as a seven-year-old. And if a seven-year-old were to see a woman on her hands and knees crawling around for money, what sort of conclusion do you think that she would come to about this person? This person is on the ground like a dog or an animal on all fours. Oh, she's like an animal. Oh, she can be treated like an animal. Oh, and she gets praised for it. Okay. And so down the road, again, you can have whatever opinions you want to. This isn't just about me <laughs> having a religious background. This is about me being a spiritually awakened woman and knowing that the things that we do at one stage of our lives are going to affect how we feel about ourselves, at least mentally. You're going to have to deal with why this is what you decided to do or why, you know what I'm saying? Like you're going to deal with the effects. And it just stinks that from a young age, culture, music, religion, all these things have taught us to devalue women. If you want to know more on that, I did the uh, Leave Like a Goddess workshop where I went off on a tangent about how religion, why did, why do they, why does, does the Bible hate women? Why does it treat us so poorly? And we just ate it all up for years. Don't even get me started. But a lot of the internalized misogyny, in my opinion, comes from Christianity. And I know that's going to rub some people the wrong way, but if you're a, a woman of God, I want you to stop and think about it without your religious lens. Think about how women were referred to. We're the ones that bit the apple and ruined humanity, right? Bathsheba. We're the we're like there's every like for every one story of a good woman in the Bible, there's like ten good men. And for every story where the the men of the Bible get to fuck up on every level and still get called men of God, we get stoned, right? If if someone thought we weren't a virgin. Paul, one of the most respected writers of the New Testament, one of the largest contributors, didn't think that women should talk in church. 
women, even in the Old Testament, if we were channeling, there are very few prophetess. There are very few women that get to hold the name of prophetess. Why were we never treated as equal? This is something that is ingrained within us so deep, especially for those of us that come with a religious background. More ways that we devalue women with our internalized misogyny is, you know, thinking that, oh, I'm, I don't, I can't relate with other females or I'm not like other girls. Why is that a flex? Why do you think so little of other women that you wouldn't want to be associated with them? And I pray to God that most women listening to this, you're out of that stage in your life. But I know that I made this podcast for all women, whether you're just starting your journey, wherever you're at. And um, the way that we create these barriers. Oh, well, she's young and dumb. I don't do that. Oh, you, you wear a bath and body. I wear Marc Jacobs. We are not the same. You bum bitches. Like this sort of behavior, I'm like, why on earth when they don't pay us the same, when they rape us and they don't get the same punishment, when they impregnate us and leave us and then tell us where that's what we get, you know, like, oh, single mom, you know, damaged goods. When they kept us out of schools for so long and, and yet don't even make any amends, don't even try to make it right how we were kept from so many things for so long. Don't even acknowledge the disparities. And we fall, we, we play into that game when we allow them to pin ourselves against each other, whether it's for men, whether it's for jobs, which I've definitely experienced. Ladies, take a moment and I want you to think about how many situations you valued a woman over a man. I've done it. I'm so guilty of it. I am so guilty of it. Think about situations where you've gotten uncomfortable around a woman that was more confident than you, as if that's not okay, as if that's not her place to do that. Think about how many times a woman has risen to power and you doubted uh, or you considered, oh, I wonder what she did get to get there. Maybe you didn't, but this is just something that a lot of us, a lot of women have in their head, right? Sometimes we get uncomfortable and we hear women speaking about authoritative topics. Sometimes you'd prefer a, a male doctor or a male server, someone over a female. So maybe you feel that it's not right for women to be leaders in church, even after everything I just said. There's so many reasons why or so many examples of how we experience internalized misogyny and not even just experience it, but how we perpetuate it. So my, my, my urge to you, my call to you ladies is to take a moment and sit with that. How are you contributing to the continued oppression of other females? And how are you contributing to the continued oppression of women of color by not being aware of your unconscious bias? I'm Siobhan Bonnie Patterson, host of The Boss Life with Bonds, and um, I'm going to let you sit with that. I would love to hear how this message landed for you. 
If there's someone that you know that needs to hear this message, please share it. Send it to them. Give them a little quick note and let them know why they should listen. And as always, I am so appreciative of your feedback, your comments, your questions. Shoot me a DM, respond to this, drop a review on the podcast. I would love to hear from you. Have the best day of your entire life. Till next time.